You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Uh, we got a very special guest here. Adam McClintock is with us. You know him as the college football professor on Twitter, CFB underscore professor on Twitter. So, Adam, what's up? Oh, a lot, guys. What's going on? You guys uh, taking in all, all, the, all, the, all the spring game hype and all the Kool-Aid's made and drank and, and, and everything's good, right? I think so. I mean, what are your thoughts on the spring game? Man, I, I tell you what. The defense looked good. The defense looked really good. I, I know um, people were kind of there's a lot of hand wringing about the turnovers and, and the balls on the ground, but you have to you have to realize there was such a philosophical shift from what they're doing under the previous regime and what they're doing now. I mean, they're huddling, guys. I mean, <laughs> the, the the a lot of these a lot of these guys on the field they've never huddled before on the field, you know, and at least in college and under Frost that that just wasn't a thing, right? Right. So they're, they're going from from, you know, constantly being in the shotgun, you know, um, sprinting up to the line, getting the, getting their calls from from the sideline to more of a traditional, you know, uh, let's huddle up. Let's get in a scenario. And we even saw I formation most of the time in the spring game. That's a complete 180 shift from 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 what we've been seeing. That's a lot to put in in 15 practices and have it look really smooth. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of balls on the ground. There was a lot of turnovers but those are the things i think will will get more ironed out in the fall and and those are just kind of kind of uh, kind of just new things in the spring that, that i think we're just we're just new i mean it was it just ball handling all, and all those on those sorts of things will will get ironed out in the fall the thing i was really encouraged to see was just the overall philosophy of where they're going um we seem like to be a seem to be a much more physical philosophy much more physical uh football team so far um and also on defense, that defense, if you noticed, every single time there was a ball carrier, there were three, four, sometimes five guys around the ball every single every single play. It seemed like we had we were, we were playing with 15 guys on defense at times out there. It was, and that's why that's what was encouraging to me. Uh, and you know, honestly, getting down to it in, in spring, if you can get out of it without any major injuries, you've won. I mean, so there were no major injuries in the spring for us this year. So I, I mean, I think I think it was, it was a good spring overall. What did, what did you think of Jeff Sims? He's impressive from what we saw. He he he's impressive. He made he made the throws he needed to make. Obviously an athletic guy. Um, he's he's gonna be able to run run the you know the quarterback run element that, that the rule seems to want. Um, and 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 we'll 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 see what else they have in store. I don't, I'm I'm not convinced they showed everything in the spring game. Um, but uh, uh, we'll it'll be interesting to see in Minnesota what what he's got he's got cooked up for him. So we're going to talk about your model uh, and what it says about Nebraska a little bit later. But just you, you as a fan, because you're a Husker fan first, right? So did you see enough out of the spring game to give you more optimism headed into the fall? We're about right where I had hoped to be, okay? I mean, like like I said, coming into the spring game, my expectations for the offense were were pretty tempered because just because of the complete 180 philosophical switch I talked about. What I wanted to see from the defense is I wanted to see exactly what we saw, energy. I wanted to see aggressiveness. I, I wanted to see, you know, um, guys where they were supposed to be. 
I wanted to see, you know, a, a bunch of guys that looked like they, they they knew what they were supposed to be doing. And there wasn't any, you know, hands up, palms up stuff going on. Um, that was that was why I wanted to come into the spring game scene. I, I think for the most part we saw that. So I, I came out, you know, um, not discouraged, but not overly encouraged either way. I kind of just kind of neutral there. Okay. So we'll talk about Nebraska a little bit more. I am interested in Matrix Analytical. Uh, your, uh, I don't know how to say it, your your baby. <laughs> you and Dave yeah. Barto, your baby. <laughs> so what's the latest uh, ongoings with uh, Matrix Analytical now? We are. Um... This past off season, we were uh, involved in. Let me think here. We were we've been involved with programs in the Pac-12 and the SEC and the Big Ten, and the ACC, uh, the American Conference USA. I don't think we got any anybody in the Mountain West this this off season, but but yeah so we we were pretty busy um we've actually expanded our our scope into the fcs as well so now not only do we have you know um uh position coaches from the fbs going clear back to 2010 we also have you know every coach who has been on the on the sideline of an fcs program going back to 2012. so that added uh, a, a little bit more complexity to to what we do but it also added a lot more content for for, for our, our, our clients and, and, and those who kind of seek what we, what the information that we provide. So your phone's really going off the, I mean, it's like buzzing all the time, right? <laughs> From ADs and coaches and. Uh, yes. What is that like? It, it's hectic. Because, <laughs> you know, coaches, coaches keep funny hours. They don't keep hours like normal humans like us. They're, they're, you know, it can be 1245 in the morning and you'll get, a text message or a call from a coach saying wanting to talk about you know x y and z and you're like man it's like <laughs> yeah it's, it's, what, what are you doing up coach you know but, do you ever get starstruck by you know some of the coaches i mean i guess you've been doing this long enough to where some of these you know the higher profile guys you know you, you may not be but i mean i would be but i mean what is that like there's still an element of that i mean i'd, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't, because, you know, I'm, I'm a college football fan. I've been a college football fan since I was nine. So, you know, there's an element of that still, but it, it you have to look at these guys and, Hey, they're, they're, they're just guys. They're just, yeah. they're just people like us. They're, 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 they have a hectic high profile job, but at the end of the day, they're just trying to do the job the best they can, you know? And, and uh, that's, that's, that's what these guys are. That's who they are in, in, in the end. And if you don't make them any out to be out any more than that, then the, the conversations seem, seem to go a lot smoother. But no, there I, I'd be lying, if, you know, if uh, Davo Sweeney calls and and you, and you pick up the phone, you hear that southern draw on the other end, and you still get a little uh, okay. This is pretty cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no kidding. Yeah, that that yeah, we're we are we are all envious of you. You know, with what everything what do, what you do, but you know, unfortunately, we're just not as smart as you, so we couldn't make no, it happen. That. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I can imagine that is really that stresses your model and all the analytics that you do. Uh, and that's the effect of the transfer portal uh, on everything. Talk to us about uh, what the transfer portal, how it, you know, what that does to your model and you know, all the anal analytics you do. Oh, it, it throws it into, into tailspins. <laughs> I mean, the, the last window is just getting, is just getting over. It was over at midnight 
this morning, I believe, was was, was the, the the latest transfer portal window had closed. What it does is it completely just takes starters and returning production and throws it up in the air, and it has to be essentially reset in May, right? Because you know, before five years ago, before the transfer portal was a thing, I would come out with my spring projection in in late March, early April, like I did this year. And it would be essentially the same as it is in the summertime and maybe a few tweaks to it in the fall, but it was pretty much set. Now it's it's like a completely different preview from the yeah. spring to the summer to the fall because of all the roster movement and even the coach, coaching movement. Coaching carousels are going later and later these days as well. So, um, you know, uh, I mean, as of yesterday, there were even some 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 coach some some coach movement, and that's after spring ball. So, you know, um, um, it, it's dynamic. It is extremely dynamic, and and the way you kind of have to combat that and look at it is, you just have to come back and revisit the rosters when 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 you when you saw the previews again in the summertime in the fall. Um, you have to look at it as okay, these guys are are, are numbers. How do they fit in? How how does how do their returning production numbers fit in to to, to the programs or leave or what do they take away from the programs they're leaving and what additional value do those specific numbers bring to to the programs they're coming to and that varies because let's say for example a wide receiver um, who has a thousand yards receiving say he goes to a a heavy run based offense right like say he goes to Air Force or he goes to old Wisconsin or or something like that those receiving yards aren't going to mean as much in those offenses as they did say, if he was transferring in from Washington state or from, you know, a Mike Leach, Mississippi state or Texas tech. Right. Right. So that all works into the algorithm of how the, 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 the model actually looks at transfers and tries to figure out how all these pieces fit in, in different places that they're coming from. So one last question is, uh, before I turn it over to Tyler here, but uh, you released your, uh, spring preview, I think last month, uh, about a month ago, right? Huh? Yep, beginning of April. Yeah. Yep. Okay, beginning of April. So now with the new rules, with the transfer portal and how everything is, uh, you know, kind of, everything's moving still, right? Are are you still going to continue publishing it like in the beginning of April, or are you going to wait till like the transfer portal ends before you do your first release? Because, I mean, kind of like what you're saying. Some of these changes, and Nebraska's included in this, and we'll talk about that in a, little, a little bit later, but some of the transfers that uh, are happening are completely changing uh, the outlooks of teams. Michigan State is another example with Peyton Thorne and their top wide receiver that just bolted for the transfer portal. I mean, this. I mean, so what do you think you're going to do there? Um, I will try to do an early spring one still. But, I mean – the, the more busy I get with matrix analytical and that side of things, um, the that time it takes away from these 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 previews I, I'm, I'm able to take out. Yeah. So I can see an avenue down the down down the line a little ways where maybe I cut it back. I only do a summer preview and then a fall preview, um, or say early like like a May preview after after this latest transfer portal window closes, and then and then just do just update again in August and then call it good with two. Um, but as of right now, I'm going to keep trying to do three as long as I, as long as time permits to do it. 
So. Well, I, I appreciate that. That's the correct answer, <laughs> by the way, Adam, because I love I love saying it when, you know, when it hits my inbox that it's out, you know, I, I want to go through and see what you're what you think about the teams, because, you know, w- when you release it, you know, we're in the midst of uh, spring ball. So I w- kind of want to see what the numbers are really saying about returning production and you know all that stuff. So, yes, that, that, that is the correct answer. Uh, Tyler. So. Let's kind of start digging into the preview a little bit. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Um, so uh, can you talk a little bit about what teams in the Big Ten stood out to you as maybe a little bit higher than they've been over previous years? Um, over previous years? Or just yes. high in general. What teams? Yeah, where, where are you at on the Big Ten right now? Big Ten, okay. It's going to be interesting just, just because of, of, you know, Wisconsin going a complete 180 shift from from what they've been. Um, it, Nebraska is is in, in the midst of a of, of a huge change philosophically. Um, you know what's going to happen in Minnesota after they've lost their their you know the offensive coordinator and had some turnover there. Um, Purdue it no longer has Jeff Brom. What's that going to look like there? Um, Illinois, do they t- t- continue to take steps forward with Bielema or or how how does that look? The West is a lot more interesting than the East. The East is kind of I mean, it is what you're going to get. You're, you're going to get Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Those three are, are 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 going to be in some order, and then and then and then you're going to have the next four in some order as well. The West truly is up for grabs, and and what really surprised me is even you know, and and this is something that the model can't grasp is is philosophical change, right? Is is is, is a drastic change in offense philosophy and and things like that. It's still, as of right now, and like I said, this this latest transfer portal window is not you know, um, calculated into this yet, but it still has Wisconsin winning the West. And and that that surprised me a little bit just because of, you know, what I assumed, I guess, that they were losing as far as, as, as far as, uh, you know, some, some of the some of the production that, the, that, that they had had with the previous coaching staff. Um, so it's got. Wisconsin won, Iowa two. Iowa kind of surprised me as well, um, just because of you saw. I mean, we all saw the offensive struggles last year, but the model seems to think that that their defense and their special teams are going to be strong enough to kind of, you know, help them along and do what Iowa does and squeak out nine, ten wins out of that. So um, that was a little surprising to me. Um, as far as surprise, like just generally surprise teams, it does have. Ohio State still over Michigan. I was maybe expecting Michigan to be a little bit higher because of what they do return, but the the model really really loves Ohio State's coaching staff and 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 everything they've they've got going there. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that actually plays out. Well, let's go back to Wisconsin a little bit. They're bringing in a brand new staff. Um, obviously, bringing in a lot of that Cincinnati. Talk to us a little bit. That is a little bit shocking that because, um, you know, last couple of years, Wisconsin football hasn't been Wisconsin football. They've been obviously on a I, I mean, if you want to call it a downward trajectory, but uh, st- still a good team. But with losing Paul Chris, bringing in Luke Fickle, um, a lot of change there. Uh, maybe highlight some of the things that your model really liked about Wisconsin. Um, well, one of the things that really likes about Wisconsin is that coaching staff. It loves that coaching staff. Um the play calling at Wisconsin after Paul Chris kind of gave it over last year and even parts of the year before, the play calling hadn't been great at Wisconsin in, in, in quite a while. Um, 
what the model looks at and sees the cities, okay, Phil Longo's coming to town. And it has him as one of the best off offensive coordinators and play callers in the country. Okay. What it doesn't see is that is a pass happy offense coming into a, a culture that's been run, 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 run since 1990. Right. And um, they're going to be playing in Madison, Wisconsin, where it's cold and the wind blows. Okay. Those are things that are outside the model. The model doesn't see. Um, but it, it loves Phil Longo. It loves uh, the coaching staff that they brought over from Cincinnati for, for, from, for, for the most part. Uh, it loves Luke Fickle. So it, it, what, it, what it does is it sees that coaching staff, it sees the, the, the talent that Wisconsin still has on, on, on their roster, and, and it, it, it likes Wisconsin to, to, to pull out of the West. Now, the West is a mess. It's, there's a lot of gray area in the West. <laughs> okay. So, like every um, year, right? Oh yeah, it's the Big Ten West. I don't care what anybody says. It's it's always a a, a barn burner to watch as far as the standings. Maybe not on the field at times, but the standings are always a barn burner to watch. But um, yeah, and it that's that's truly expressed here as well. So so and if I heard you correctly, like if if you're putting a Vegas bet in right now, who who do you got in the Big Ten championship? Uh. From the model, the model says Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not you personally, your model. Yes, obviously. My model, yes. I know, I know you've got Nebraska penciled in there. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, nice. Well, that's obviously not probably the most original Big Ten. I, feel, I don't know how often we've actually seen that matchup come to fruition, but it sure feels like over the last six, seven years, that's been a very common uh, yeah, matchup. Yeah, so. Hey, Adam, I got to ask about Northwestern because your model does not like Northwestern uh, at all this year. Uh, projected another three and nine season. Uh, not another, but I mean, not a great season three and nine. But what about Pat Fitzgerald? I mean, what's what's going on there? Tell you what, the program dropped off pretty quickly when Hankowitz retired, the defensive coordinator, didn't it? I mean, that's, it I don't know if it's coincidence. That guy was a wizard. Um, and they've struggled to replace him so far. And I really like the guy that they hired from North Dakota State, um, uh, David Braun. They, they hired him as a defensive coordinator, and that, that, that was a good hire. We'll see how he, how he transitions from FCS to FBS. But what the model looks at with Northwestern is, hey, this is a team the last few years that, is, that, has, that has been on the, down, the downward spiral, right? Their production isn't great. The returning production isn't great. There's just not a lot there, okay? And, and, the, and the production they do have isn't quality production. So their schedule also, I believe their schedule also is not kind <laughs> at all. So it, it, it's, it's, it could be another rough year for Fitzgerald at, at, at Northwestern, you know? I mean, he, yeah, he's, got, he's got to go, uh, he's got Minnesota, Penn State, and he's got at, at Nebraska, He's got a Maryland, Iowa, at Wisconsin. Okay, yeah, so it's not super. I mean, he doesn't have Michigan or Ohio State on a schedule, but but I mean, it's 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 rough territory right now to be to be Pat Fitzgerald. And he's still I still like what he's has been able to do there in the past. Um, but he's he's definitely hit hit a rough patch. And in, in, in your is, estimation, oh, go I'm ahead, Eric. Is is he on a hot seat at this point? You think? And you, it, just in your opinion, I guess. Because to me, he's almost got to be. Like, I know he's been the godsend there, but at some point, yeah. a bad season's got to start wearing on fans. Yeah. I mean, 
if he comes in with another clunker this year, after some of the staff changes he made, then I, I think that uh, he might that the discussion might have to be made. You know, because especially with with how much the Big Ten is really starting to push, you know, the value of athletic. The Big Ten never used to be a look at us, we're an athletic conference before. That was always the SEC. The Big Ten is now doing that. I mean, they are adding USC, UCLA. They're they're uh, they're in the, in, the, in the athletics game fully now. So um, well, and Northwestern just built all these new facilities. I yeah, mean, they're they're spending money to really try and get back into the athletics. And you're right. That's exactly that's exactly where I was going with that. Is, is yeah, they built all that for him to win, and it's not he's not winning at the at the wrong time. Well, not that there's a good time to lose, but this is not a good time for him to be losing like this. And I can see there that that NFL lure might be a little bit more for him than maybe in past years. Well, and I think when you look at that, like I think with the Pat Fitzgerald conversation, it really comes down to how bad it is, because if if your model is correct and they're a three and nine team, like I know he's a godsend. I know he's done everything and I think he's a hell of a coach and his success but at some point you can't finish last every single year like and do it. So like the bar isn't high in my opinion. And I don't know if there's enough to actually get him fired, but he goes three and nine again. Like, can he survive it? I, I there's gotta be real questions. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Like I said, he, he goes three and nine. There, the discussion will be had. I mean, and problem with programs like Northwestern and like Duke and like Stanford and Vanderbilt COVID hit those programs even harder than your, your your normal public universities, right? Because say Nebraska or or, or Wisconsin, they're able to go out to, to the transfer portal and get at least a lot of these guys, you know, uh, in on the academic side. It's a lot harder for Stanford or Northwestern to go out and find guys in the portal who qualify academically to get into the program. It's it's not the same. You're not it's not the, it's not a level playing field. So they're losing all these guys to the transfer portal, but can't replace them. <laughs> so, I mean, they're getting young and staying young, and that's not a good thing to be in a, in a Power Five conference. It's that, that's how you stay in the that's how you stay in, in in the cellar. All right, I want to take this to Nebraska because this is a Nebraska football podcast, so we have to talk about Nebraska, and this is what I'm really excited for. So Nebraska, they have a new head coach in Matt Rule, and I know you cannot talk about specifics with your model, understood, but what are your thoughts, Adam McClintock's thoughts on the hiring of Matt Rule? Um, I thought it was an excellent hire. I thought it was um, – he fits – there's a, a, a prototype – personality, coaching philosophy, there's 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 a way that, 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 that you have to do things in the Midwest to win. And, 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 and especially a place like Nebraska, not only do you have to do things a certain way to win, you have to do it in a certain style, right? I mean, we've all seen that. I mean, it's it's, it's a real unique kind of phenomenon, I guess you would, you, you, you would call it. And I think he embodies what, it, what it's going to take. He's a grinder. He, but he's not a guy who goes and hides away from the media and you don't see him for 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 you know five months out of the year either. He's 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 in the community, he's 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 an ambassador for for the football program and for the state for the for the rest of the country. And we used to have that at times, you know, and, and we haven't had that truly for for for, for quite a while. I think he he embodies that. 
Um, I, I think he 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 really takes that that blue collar um, um, fabric that we really appreciate in the Midwest, and 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 he has run with that, and he is you know embracing that with open arms because I, I think honestly that's who he is. He's a Pennsylvania kid. He gets that. So um, uh, I like the staff he's brought in. He's he's he has a he has a I mean there's 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 a lot of youth on the staff, okay, a lot of inexperience. But I, but you look at his track record over his career and hiring these 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 inexperienced uh, uh, position coaches. He's done an excellent job. He's got an excellent track record. I mean, look look at the guys he hired at Temple when when he when he, when he went there first. Look at the guys he hired at Baylor. One of them's a head coach right now at Texas Tech. And he's got a son on the staff, right? Um, yeah. You got, you got Elijah Robinson, who's now a defensive, one of the best defensive tackle coaches in in, in the country at, at Texas A&M. You have, you know, Fran Brown at at uh, who's now at Georgia, who's c- coaching one of the most uh, you know uh, prolific secondaries in the country, and he he's the one that discovered him at, at Temple. So he has a very good eye for for uh, position coaching talent. And that's a very unique quality that 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 not a lot of head coaches possess. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because when Matt Rule was hired and he was given a seven million dollars uh, assistant coach's salary pool, and you know I think a lot of people, you know me included, uh, thought that he was going to use that money and bring in some big name guys uh, at not all the positions, but there would be some big splash hires being made. So. Uh, when that didn't happen, uh, I, I guess with the exception of a couple guys, right? But uh, like as far as your model goes, you talked about all the inexperience. But how does your model, without getting into specifics, how does it evaluate a staff with this little of experience? I mean, what what goes on behind the scenes there uh, for that piece? Well, the way. We, we we do things at, at Matrix Analytical as far as coaches who have, oh, let's say three years or less of experience. There's not a lot of data there for them, right? But we do have a lot of data going clear back to, to 2010, 2009 of previous coaches' track records in their first three years. So we're able to look at all, you know, 10,000 coaches in our database and, and where were they at in the first three years? And we've used that data and so we kind of we, we can kind of look at a coach's trajectory and say, OK, this guy's a rising star. He has some comps that you know, he has some 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 um, qualities in his first three years that track um, to him actually being extremely successful in, in, in the in his next few years as a, as a head coach. And he could really blossom into in being a superstar in, in the uh, in the coaching profession. So we we designate guys um, who have three years or less of, of, of experience as either you know, average, above average, or rising stars. So we, 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 we highlight guys who are rising stars, and Nebraska's got, I think, three on the staff who are, we designate as rising stars. So it's, it's the, he's, he's done a phenomenal job of, of, of picking a, a young, hungry staff who's willing to go out and, and put forth the energy that needs to be done to, 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 to rebuild a program that needs, re, re, rebuild a program like Nebraska that, that really needs a lot of TLC, <laughs> you know. Three rising stars. I can live with that. That's uh, that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Got definitely it. is. And so as we kind of get more into the Nebraska preview, I guess this is the first time the Cousins have gotten together 
since the breaking news uh, that I'm guessing is going to drastically change some of your output of Casey Thompson uh, transferring, uh, you know, I, I obviously I want to get the cousins thoughts here in a second, but immediately any idea what that's going to do to the returning production spit out on your model? Well, I mean, Jeff Sims's production at Georgia Tech will now go in the place of Casey Thompson's at Nebraska. Um, so basically, you'll, you'll just swap those numbers in, swap those numbers out. Um, there, the, the algorithm algorithm will look at the the style of offense that that Satterfield has ran in the past, and it it will look at uh, Sims's rushing and passing numbers and see how that affects an offense that Satterfield typically runs. And that's how that will, that will all shake out. Um, it might be, I mean, I can't, I don't know what Sims's numbers were at Georgia tech off the top of my head, but it might be a, a fairly even trade as far as the numbers are, are concerned. Um, we'll just have to see, we'll just have to see how, how, how that all, how that all looks in the end. But well, yeah, Derek, I, I, you, you definitely don't like losing a guy like Casey Thompson. I think me personally, as a fan, I was really um, liking the idea of having, you know, a guy we could trust as in, in the starting position, but also a, a competent backup that we knew we weren't sunk when the, when, when, when the starter went out with it, with a tweaked, you know, ankle or something. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Derek, I, I, I mean, the first time we've had a chance to react, what was your, your reaction when you heard Casey Thompson was in the portal? Uh, there were a lot of uh, swear words dropped because <laughs> I, I think this is a big deal. I, I, I really do. I, Jeff Sims only played in seven games last year, so his numbers aren't going to match up near to what uh, Casey Thompson's were. Uh, he only threw like five inter- or five touchdowns with three interceptions. Uh, it, it, his, his numbers don't look great from last year, and some of it's just playing seven games. That's fine. But uh, you talked about depth, and that was, that was already becoming concerning when Logan Smothers and Richard Torres left. It, you expected a couple guys to leave, whatever. Uh, but to lose Casey Thompson on top of that, now you only got three scholarship quarterbacks, and the two that stuck around were two guys that you really didn't have a lot of faith in to begin with. Uh, Chuba Purdy, I, I think he's better than what he looked like in the spring game probably, but we can only go off what we've seen. And like we've seen him last year play, and we weren't impressed with him last year. We see him in the spring game, we weren't impressed with him there. Henrik Harburg, we heard so much about about how good he was in the spring, and he comes out and just starts throwing ducks up. And I just, to, to me, this is a very concerning problem, and it's not good at all. Well, I mean, Justin, what were your thoughts on the Casey Thompson? It sucked. <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> believe it at first. I thought it was like a, a joke at first. I was like, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm with Derek. It completely destroys depth at uh, that quarterback position. Uh, you know, we went from a lot of quarterbacks in that room to not a lot. And I, you know, and we knew that, you know, when Logan Smothers, Richard Torres, when they left, that's fine, you know, because the system uh, and the playing time, because everybody had uh, Jeff Sims and uh, Casey Thompson doing a quasi quarterback battle headed into the to the fall. And it didn't really matter who got the starting position in the most cases, because I don't think anybody believed that 
either of those quarterbacks would finish an entire season anyway. But we felt good because we had a quality backup, whoever that backup may be, right? So to Derek's point, now we have Harburg and Purdy uh, as the backups. And that does not uh, – I don't have a lot of faith if uh, Jeff Sims cannot make it a full season. Yeah, I mean – good, Derek, you're on mute. I'm sorry, and that's a problem because when's the last time Nebraska's had a quarterback go a whole season without having to miss a game? It's exactly. been a it's been a while. I mean, it's it's been a problem at Nebraska for a while now. Especially if we plan to run the run the quarterback as much as it sounds like we are. I mean, going yeah. back even to even to the Solis days, this 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 biggest background is Frank Solis bringing Frank full circle. You know, he didn't have very many. <laughs> He didn't have very many uh, seasons where he had a quarterback go every game either. I mean, it's I think Crouch may have did it in '99 because Crouch was just an Iron Man. But yeah. but I mean that. And it's not just a Nebraska problem. Every team. No, no. You run the quarterback, he's gonna get he's gonna get hit and he's gonna get dinged. It's just part of it, right? So. Yeah. Well, so and I, I think I, I think I, I I think the thing with Casey just to, it is. There was real debate, and we talked about this. It, regardless of depth, I mean, there was real debate. A lot of Husker Nation on our podcast, who was actually going to be the better quarterback? And, I mean, you're you're now going into fall, um, and there will be, in my, I mean, anything can happen, but no quarterback battle. And, I mean, I'm sure Rule will push it, and I think the media, he'll play the right things and say, we're, you know, every practice we are competing and all the coaches speak. But, I mean, the, the quarterback battle is essentially done. Um, it's Jeff Sims' job, and then now we're going to number two, and you know, I, I know different people reacted differently to the spring game. Derek wasn't as impressed with Sims, thought he was good, maybe not as good as some of the other people. Some people thought he was excellent. But I I, I just think that not having Casey Thompson at least push him alone, I mean, that that is a loss at quarterback. Um, you, we knew there'd be big names that left. I don't think any of us were hoping uh, it would be Casey, I think, especially after that spring game. Okay, I don't think I, anybody I, saw him as a – transfer really well, no, I, think I, he, well, I think people did i think people did until the spring game and then you're like okay we he has to stay it was like we can't afford to lose him it, you because i think if harburg went out there and played as high as the coaches said i think you would have been like yeah you know what casey wasn't going to start it's going to be jeff sims job we got a competent backup in harburg but the spring game like didn't give you that love and feeling and you're like nope can't lose him and it happened I'll I'll say this. My red flags wouldn't be flying up so fast if we could have at least kept Smothers around because he's got enough film where I feel like he could be okay in this offense. You know he can run the ball. I know he doesn't have the best arm out of out of the group, but you know he can run the ball. So you think he can run the system fairly okay? I would have more confidence knowing he was here at least. Yeah, but, but lo- losing him and Casey Thompson is just like oh man, because I, I I don't have a lot of faith in those two quarterbacks at all. Yeah, we'll, between we'll Harburg and Sam Purdy, and it, it's nothing against those two guys. I just the film I've I've seen on them, it just it's hard to have faith in them. Yeah, definitely. And and I guess kind of going back to that, besides that, just kind of get to the model, I guess, aspect here, Adam, and and talk about what is your model like about Nebraska heading into twenty twenty three. Well, it, honestly, I like their I like the returning production until we hit the transfer portal, and now we will have to see what that does to that. We were. As far as returning production, they were fourth in the Big Ten. As far as the, the returning production, now that's going to drop. You know, if 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 the, the numbers that Derek said Jeff Sims had last year are 
are, are, are true, which I, I don't have any reason to doubt Derek, um, then yeah, those numbers are, are, are gonna fall substantially. But, but yeah, it, it like the returning production, it likes the coaching staff. Um, the, the Nebraska still has the fourth most talented roster in the Big Ten. <laughs> That's a story we've heard, you know. <laughs> you're in, you're out. But it's true. It's there. It's just not been utilized. Um, those all, all all the things that, that that show, you know, Nebraska should be a favorite to win their division. I mean, with with, with the numbers they have, but they just haven't. It hasn't been there for five six years. I mean, it, they've been kind of a oh. Well, I don't know if I want to say on autopilot, but, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, 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 it's been a rough ride the past five or six years and, 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 uh, uh it, the model realizes that as well. So, um, so, well, but, so right now your model has Nebraska, uh, going seven and five, that's the projected record, uh-huh. but that was with Casey Thompson, you know, in the program. Mm-hmm. Do you anticipate that, uh, projected record to drop? Now that uh, he's gone, maybe slightly. Um, it depends on what everybody else lost as well. Um, that's you know, it's it's everybody's losing and gaining at, at the same time. I mean, the transfer portal it it, it touches everybody. So, yeah. um, I I would be shocked if we because there was a couple of really close toss up games in there. I think Illinois was a, was was projected to be uh, Nebraska winning that game by less than half a point. That game might flip the other way now um according michigan to state i would point out michigan state i mean obviously we know they've just lost their starting quarterback their number one yeah, right yeah. receiver um, yeah, exactly i mean that that was a l and maybe it still will be but yeah, i mean i don't know Justin. i think your leading him today is going to plummet your negativity is trying to run off on us right now <laughs> i'm the negative guy all of a sudden dang so, all right, well, since I am the negative guy, so what does your model hate about Nebraska? Um, just the past few years, the, 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 the algorithm has a, it looks at the last four years, how you performed. Um, it doesn't like that from Nebraska. <laughs> we can't watch the Scott Frost stank off the program yet. No, the numbers don't see that. <laughs> they see, okay. This is a program that has constantly underachieved for the past four years. So the model infers, well, they are, they may end up, they're, 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 they're on track to underachieve again. You know, it's, it's, it's a trend that this, that this program underachieves. That's the same thing for Texas. That's the same thing for Florida. Um, it, it, you know, these are teams that have a lot of talent and should be winning more than they are, but there's something there that is a variable that is not in the algorithm, but the algorithm that, that I'm able to, 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 to put in there. And, and it, it, it accounts for that unknown variable of why this isn't taking off. So that is what the, it, it doesn't like the most. Um, that and uh, uh, the schedule isn't as, as friendly as, as it appears to be. I know everybody is, is looking at the schedule like, oh, well, we, well, we should win. Schedule is it's a little trickier than what people realize. Um, it also doesn't like that in places as well. So um, with the update, I expect it to be Nebraska more around six and six. Um, we'll just have to see what how everything shakes out in May when I get it all updated. I think all of us in Husker Nation would take a six and six year. I mean, just, I hope so. Just hope going so. to a bowl game would be 
huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So final question, you know, uh, actually this is kind of just your thoughts here, but the big 10 is ending as we know it. We're adding USC and UCLA. Uh, are you a believer that we're going to move to the pod system? I believe we'll be not the pod system, but I, I believe what, what they'll do is they'll go with three protected rivals and then they'll rotate six through, through the, through the other six, um, programs over six years so it's called a 366 model so you'll you'll you'll, you'll play three dozen eight teams every single year but then you'll rotate through the other um uh the other opponents uh that way i think you, you end up playing everybody in six years ish i think is, is, is what it comes out to but anyway um so i don't like i said i don't prescribe to the pod system at all just because of how much of an island and how and how much cross pollination there is in, in the rivalries in 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 Big Ten. Um, if that is the case, I think the three rivalries that Nebraska will get, I think they'll protect the Iowa rivalry. They'll do that. I think we'll get UCLA, and I think we'll get Northwestern. I think we'll get those really? three teams. Northwestern or Minnesota, one of the two. Those are the three teams that I I, I can see them them putting with Nebraska. Um, because Nebraska fans, you, you have to think about, about this not only from um, uh, just a rivalry standpoint, right, but also from a, a, a TV market uh, standpoint as well. They're going to want to get Nebraska, Nebraska, Iowa. That's that's just a natural rivalry that we that we have to keep. It's the closest thing to a real rivalry we have in the Big Ten right now, right? Um, UCLA, Nebraska, actually, they, they're going to want to get Nebraska in the LA market because Nebraska, even though we've been down for years, we still draw well and tv ratings they were they're, they're going to want to get that out in the la market for 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 the new tv package right um we have a lot more history with ucla and even th- th- those two have have uh been, been been around playing each other for years i mean you go back through the schedules nebraska's played ucla quite a bit nebraska fans always flood evanston and always flood Chicago. Okay. Um, they're going to want to keep that as well. I think uh, they're going to want to get their brand, their, their, their biggest brand in the West, they're going to want to get it in LA and Chicago. That's just my opinion, but we'll, we'll, I, I don't necessarily think like a TV exec and, and we'll have to see how, how they uh, end up well, doing it. Adam, I would be in favor of that because oh, again, we, we talked about the trouble with Pat Fitzgerald I mean, I, I think Northwestern shouldn't move off of him. There might be risk they do that. From a fan standpoint, like Northwestern is, in my opinion, and maybe your model supports it, is definitely on a downward trajectory. Iowa, eventually Kurt Ferentz is going to retire. Like, and I am not confident with their their talent. What I mean, I don't know if you have it in front of me. What is Iowa's talent compared to the Big Ten? Give me a second here. I can pull it right back up. Um... It's not in the top tier, that's for sure. I was uh, returning or roster talent is eighth. Yeah, eighth so, roster talent in Big Ten. Yeah. So, so I mean, they, they, I'm sure they consistently get a big boost because of that coaching. And and I don't think their defensive coordinator Parker is going to take over as head coach. He he's he's up there. So I, again, they're going to have to reset there. And UCLA, I don't know. I mean, Justin thinks UCLA is a dog trash program. I mean, I don't know if I go that I don't respect, far. I don't respect UCLA at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we got UCLA, Justin like was like, "That's a joke. They should be. They shouldn't even be in college football." But 
Yeah, I don't know why I, I they mean, have a program. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind that. I, I, I will agree with you. I, th- I think Nebraska will end up probably UCLA, but they will definitely be either UCLA or USC, one, one of the two. Probably, yeah, we'll but, I, but, I, but I agree UCLA is probably the better fit. Uh, I don't know if Northwestern would be the way I'd go. I, I, I would rather see Minnesota than Northwestern, but uh, Iowa, I think that, I think you're right. That's a given. But no one I'd probably argue with you on would be probably the Northwestern. And I would rather I'd rather see Wisconsin probably or or Minnesota either one. But no, give give me Northwestern. Yeah, give us a cupcake. I yeah. want to win games. <laughs> Have you we not learned your been, lesson over the last we, six years? We still have We're still not beating them consistently. We didn't win last year. At one and eleven, that one was one team we know really well, right? Yeah. Hey, Adam, I got to ask one question about Iowa here. How yeah. much does your model ding Iowa for having Brian Ferentz as OC? Um, a lot. <laughs> is he is he the worst play caller in the country? I mean, he's got to be there. Right? Not the he's not the worst, but he's not towards the top either. He's yeah. in the bottom quartile. So that just goes, but that goes to show you how high their special teams and their their defense is is, is rated as well. I mean, it's it's a tell of, of, of two cities there. I mean, <laughs> just, I, I would just love to see Jeffrey the Greek's face when you would ever hear him that. Hey, yeah. are you are you able to tell us if he is the worst OC in the Big Ten? Um, I don't believe he's. Uh, no, he's not the worst. No he's, shit. He's not the worst. No, because no. honestly, he actually had a pretty decent what was it 2020 season. I think they averaged 36 points a game or something like that. So, you know, it's, yeah, the last couple of years have been really rough for Brian Ferentz, but it hasn't been rough every single year he's called plays. He's he's definitely took a, a sudden downturn, but we'll see if, if this switch at quarterback fixes all what that ails him. And then, and then maybe, if not, then maybe he'll be coaching offensive line in the NFL next year. Be. Uh Guys, do you have any more questions for Adam before we release him? No, oh, man. I we love chatting with you and uh yes. yeah, I love having you out here and talking. So Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's always always a good time talking. So Adam, tell everybody how they can follow you and your work. Yeah, um you can you can follow me on Twitter at CFB underscore professor. Um you can also my Patreon is patreon.com backslash uh, CFB underscore professor, I believe. So. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much for taking some time for us. Uh, we had a blast as always, and uh, we'll try to get up to Tulsa and hit, hit, uh, have a beer with you at the golf course or something. It sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome, Adam. Okay. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and re- review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we, w- we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.